What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Rob Goldberger. And what a week it has been in sports. Probably the craziest week we've had in a while. We've got news from so many different sports. It's insane. Um, the NFL has been just a whirlwind with trades this week. We saw Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Khalil Mack all get traded within three days. The MLB lockout somehow is finally over. They got it done. The international international draft was holding it up earlier in the week. I mean, just absolute um, a joke of a sport, but they're done. Free agency's moving. We're going to talk about that, kind of the next steps, what we think is going to happen. Obviously, college basketball, March Madness, I believe, starts in the next few days, which is incredible. Um, starts this week. So that's going to be amazing to watch. And uh, you know, NBA, too. Real quick. Um, I say anything about the NBA just before uh, we get started. We have a lot of new people watching the channel. I saw we had a lot of new viewers. Most people aren't subscribed. So if you're not, please like comment and subscribe on the video. We appreciate that greatly. Um, just if you haven't already, just drop a subscribe. Why not? It doesn't hurt you at all. Um, but with that, um, I mean, the NBA real quick, um, Nets Sixers. I just want to talk about this for a couple minutes because I mean, the, the Brooklyn Nets absolutely blew out the 76ers. James, uh, you know, James Harden with a horrific performance. Ben Simmons was there smiling on the bench. I mean, real quick, Rob, your, your thoughts on that game. And, and did it worry you at all? Does it, does it concern you about the Brooklyn Nets and, and potentially how good of a team they might be? I mean, I, 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 I'm a little concerned, obviously. Uh, not about the Sixers, actually, though. I'm more concerned about the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I, I just think when KD and Kyrie are playing like that, no, nobody's going to stop them. I mean, they're, they weren't missing. However, my concern level isn't through the roof because there aren't going to be – the game was really over after about halfway into the first quarter – or halfway into the second quarter, I should say, about a quarter and a half in. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets could not miss, and the Philadelphia 76ers could not hit the ocean. I mean, it was ridiculous. There was a point, <laughs> where, there was a point in the second quarter where the Sixers were shooting 25% and the Nets were shooting 70%. That won't happen again, but I am a little worried about the Sixers' lack of perimeter defense for sure against a team like the Brooklyn Nets. And I got, and I have to say, I mean, uh, I, I think the only way that this Brooklyn team could could be tripped up earlier than expected is if they have to go play in Canada and Kyrie isn't allowed to play. I think that's the only that's the only deterrence that could stop them from getting where they want to be. Do I think the Sixers could still beat them in a playoff series? I do, but I, I'm a little worried about the lack of perimeter defense. But I my concern level isn't through the roof. I don't think there won't be a shooting disparity. There won't be a shooting disparity like that again. I mean, I think th these two teams are Titans in the East. I think, you know, you got the Bucks in the heat, but the these two teams, I mean, I think, I think they're the two strongest teams in the East. I really do. And I think Kyrie, Katie and Kyrie, when they're playing at that level, they're the best team in the world. I mean, they're unstoppable. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think those are the best two teams. Um, you know, I think one thing that, you know, it just shows you right now is that, you know, at the end of the day, as good as James Harden is, he's not at the peak of his career anymore. You know, he has probably had, you know, his best seasons in, in Houston. And at this point, while he's a great player, has, has played great with the Sixers, um, you know, he's not he's not as elite as he has been. He's still very good and he's still an elite player. I'm not taking anything away from him. But I think, you know, I think. Maybe it's safe to say that Sixers fans expected a little, like just him to be a little higher. I don't know, but he's played great. Um, definitely not the performance you want to see. I just think with Brooklyn, I mean, this team is just, it went from a team with no depth to a team that, I mean, just there's endless amounts of good players on this team. I mean, Seth Curry has been 
incredible. You've got guys like, you know, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin there who are, you know, solid at this point as veterans in their, you know, career. Um, you know, Goran Dragic, uh, they obviously signed. Ben Simmons hasn't played. I mean, there's just so many different players. And obviously, Katie, who's just honestly like the best in the world right now. I mean, as LeBron is sensational, you got, I mean, there's so many, the elite of the elite. It's really hard. Yeah, to the elite of the NBA is really. Is the, who is the best in the, in the league right now? But Kevin Durant is, is top two or top three, um, no matter what you look at. He is sensational. Kyrie Irving. I mean, I think with the whole uh, the whole vaccine thing, people kind of forgot how elite this guy is and how good he is when he's playing. And, I mean, hopefully that that vaccine situation in New York gets sorted out because it's just ridiculous at this point with the, the current, uh, you know, standards and, and mandates in New York that he's not able to play at home. It's, it's pretty stupid. So um, hopefully that gets sorted out. But, yeah, I agree. I think. I would love to see net six or series with Ben Simmons playing in the playoffs. I think it'd be great. Um, but I do think, you know, that was the Ben Simmons homecoming, even though he wasn't playing, it will be a little more interesting when he's playing, but you know, the nets overcame that, you know, they, they gave, you know, that, that's a huge game for them because a lot of people thought that, you know, that would be very hostile territory for the nets and it just wouldn't go their way. And, you know, it just shows that, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, these aren't going to be guys phased. Um, by all that, which I think is good for to have Ben Simmons with, because yeah, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, like I've said, I mean, on the Brooklyn Nets, we we saw it, you know, we've seen it when it seems healthy. He's not going to have to score the basketball at the end of the day. If he can just be a, a you know a passer and a defender, that's all they need from him. He he did he could score zero points and average zero points. He he could never make a basket as a New York as a Brooklyn Net, and they'd be just fine. Only issue is that is when KD and Kyrie are gone and he's making thirty million a year. <laughs> Uh, oh, Katie, no, no, I no. think they extended them and whatnot, so they'll be okay. I think, um, I do think with the Nets, it's just like Kyrie and Katie have to be on the, they have to be on for that yeah. team to be, to be that good. At, mm, I, I know this is the Sixers fan in me talking, and it's really the NBA fan in me talking. I, I don't trust Ben in the playoffs, man. I really don't. I don't know how much they're better with him there, but against the Sixers at Wells Fargo, I don't know if they're better with him on the court. I really don't. I, I, I time think, will tell. We have no idea truly yeah, what will sure, happen. Sure. I, it's going to be, I really want to see a net Sixers playoff series though. I really do. Yeah. I think it'd be fascinating. We'll talk more about the NBA as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Um, but we're going to focus on the main storylines of the week here. And we're going to start with the NFL, probably the biggest news of the week. I mean, in a large scheme, this is the biggest news of the week. I'd still say the MLB lockout for baseball fans was by far the biggest news of the sports week, but Russell Wilson gets traded to the Denver Broncos. I mean, it's just absolutely astonishing. I really didn't think this was going to happen with what Pete Carroll was saying, but Russell Wilson is gone. Pete Carroll should be gone soon. I think, I think they need a total reset there, but you know, Denver gets Russell Wilson in fourth for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first round picks, two second round picks and a fifth round pick. Um, I mean, this is a, you know, I think Denver probably could have done a little, or Seattle could have done a little bit better on the, on the haul in return. Um, but at the end of the day, this just, you know, they released Bobby Wagner too. They're committing to the rebuild, which is something that we both agree that this team has to do at this point. This team's not in their contention days. They need a total reset. So I'm glad that they did this. Obviously, you know, that Jamal Adams trade really screwed them in a way. And, and I'm sure he's not too happy, especially after him complaining that he wants to contend with the New York Jets. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on this deal? Your outlook, obviously, you know, Seattle, um, you know, they're rumored to be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, which is a whole nother topic. But, 
you know, for Denver, I mean, this was a team that, you know, people were saying quarterback in there, they're right there. How do you assess Denver in terms of the playoffs right now? And how do you think they stack up against some of these AFC teams? Well, I think it was definitely a move that they had to make. And I like the move from Denver a lot. Um, I think when you have a roster of this caliber and a defense of that caliber, especially, I mean, with Patrick Sertan becoming really one of the, one of the top quarters in football uh, in his rookie season, um, I, th- I think you had, you had to make a move like this competing in that division. Um, and I have to say, I mean, I like their chances as anyone, as much as anybody in that, in that conference, except for the chiefs. I mean, I think Russell, I, I, I have to say, I think a lot of football fans ha- have sort of dis- disrespected Russell Wilson. I know he wasn't great the year before that or this year, but he's still an elite quarterback in my mind. He's still one of the five to seven best quarterbacks in football in my mind. And I think he is one of the game changers in the NFL and that offense, I, that all people are saying, oh, well, he's going to a much, he's going, you know, down, why would he downgrade their receiving core and this and that? I mean, I I like that Denver Broncos offense. I mean, I, I think they've got a really good running game. I think Cortland Sutton uh, and Jer- and I think I'm really interested. The the player who I think will benefit most from this trade is Jerry Judy. I'm really interested to see him with a real quarterback. I think if this guy can fulfill the superstar potential, like everybody said he was going to be, that warranted that top 15 pick. I mean, I think the sky is the limit for that Denver Broncos offense. And I think they, like I said, I think they can compete with anybody besides Kansas city and maybe even can we'll see maybe even Kansas city. But I, I, I mean, I got to feel bad. The, the team that I do feel bad for in the, is the Oakland Raiders, man. I mean, they're a solid football team. They, they really are. Uh, and you know, they, they might even win a couple of divisions out there, you know, namely the AFC South maybe, but uh, they're the worst team in their own division. Which is, which is pretty crazy. And I think Derek Carr is probably the worst, the best quarterback to ever be the worst QB in his own division. Um, but yeah, the AFC West is stacked. I think it was a move. I know they gave up a lot of draft compensation, but it was a move that the Denver Broncos had to make. They couldn't be stuck with Drew Locke or another Teddy Bridgewater type of quarterback. And, you know, I think on the flip side of that, we saw a team that's just committing itself further to QB purgatory, which is what the opposite of what the Broncos did with, with the Washington football team. And I think, you know, it's just an example of a franchise going for it versus a franchise not going for it. I, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very interesting situation. I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit on Denver though. Um, you know, I saw the Vegas has them as the fourth highest for Super Bowl odds or something like that, which is, I'm going to pump the brakes on that. I think this Denver Broncos team has the potential to be really good. But if we're being honest, I mean, this is not even the receiver's fault, but we haven't seen like outside of Cortland Sutton, like Tim Patrick's had his moments, but like Jerry Judy has not done anything in the NFL. And that's what I agree with, with you because Jerry Judy in college was a superstar. And I think that offense, the way they were using him was just putrid and horrific. So I'm extremely curious to see how Jerry Judy does this year. This is honestly, this is the make or break season for Jerry Judy. We're going to truly see, what he's made of, how good he really is. You know, if he has another bad season, it's just like, oh, he's not that good. But if he has a good season, obviously it's like, yeah, Vic Fangio in that system and Teddy Bridgewater obviously really screwed him. So I think we just got to, you know, the Denver Broncos, we just got to see what's going to happen with them. Um, you know, that defense is good. Um, I think people have kind of started to overhype it a little bit, though. Like, this isn't an elite, elite defense in the NFL. It's a very good defense with a lot of good players. Justin Simmons, Hatzertain, Bradley Chubb. I think if they bring back Vaughn Miller, that'd be sensational for them. Um, but this isn't one of the top five defenses in the NFL or any of that. And Vic Fangio, as bad of a head coach as he was, was a great defensive mind and really knew how to run that defense. And now that 
you know, you're bringing in an offensive mind, Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know who quite the defensive coordinator is for the Denver Broncos now, but um, you know, we got to see how that defense plays this year. I mean, it's just things where it's like, I think this Denver Broncos team is a playoff team. I think Russell Wilson is a fantastic quarterback. Like you said, top five to top seven and, you know, is, is a ginormous, this is a ginormous move for them, but I just got to see a little more to really commit to them as a team that could beat the chiefs or the bills or um, even the Packers right now, just getting Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams back or maybe even the Rams. I, I can't commit to them over, um, you know, I, I have to see a little more from them, even, I'm going to even the Bengals, maybe like I still I still could take the Bengals over them. Like I just have to see these Denver players and see what they're made of, see what that defense is made of and see these receivers shine with Russell Wilson. And I have no doubt that they can. But I just got to see because right now, obviously, Jerry Judy from college is getting hype. But if you look at the NFL, this guy's been below average. And I'm not saying it's his fault, but we just got to see. So that's why I can't put them at fourth highest as, you know, Super Bowl favorites. I just can't put them that high quite yet, especially in that division when. You know, the Chargers just made a move for Khalil Mack. I could easily see them, you know, being better than Denver at this point. And uh, Vegas Raiders, like you said, I mean, they're, I think they'll finish last in that division, but a very, very elite worst team for a division. I mean, this division, I, this it's an arm. Like, Ian Rappaport, I think, believe called it an arms race. And I, I think that, that that's exactly correct. I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I, I mean, I don't think I'd be surprised to see some more movement from these AFC West teams. I yeah. mean, the I think, Chiefs, man, the Chiefs haven't done anything yet. They're, they're yeah. off season's going to go, they're just getting started. But if they lose yeah. Honey Badger, that'd be really bad. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think with the Denver Broncos, I do think you make a good point about Fangio. I just think it's a move that if you're the Broncos, this is a move you had to make. If the, if, Obviously, yeah. Because you couldn't, you couldn't continue like this. You couldn't continue with this. Elway model of drafting a mediocre quarterback at the back to the middle end of the first round. It wasn't working anymore. You couldn't yeah. stick with Drew Locke anymore. And on the flip side, I'll, I'll, I'll switch to the, the Seattle Seahawks perspective real quick. I mean, I'm just not really, I, I'm really interested to see what they do with Lockett and DK because as of right now, it seems like they're off limits, which doesn't really make sense to me if they're committing to a complete rebuild, because I think you could definitely get a first rounder for DK and you could probably get, you know, some really good, maybe some day two compensation for Tyler Lockett. I'm not really sure, you know, why they're so committed to, to hanging on to these guys. And the, the other question is uh, for you, Griff, I, I'm, I'm curious, do you think they go quarterback at nine? I think they want to trade for Deshaun Watson is what I think they want to do. Honestly. I mean, that's what we've heard, which is just very weird and perplexing to me that they'd just say, all right, let's trade for Deshaun Watson. Now that we just traded Russell Wilson, who's probably going to end up costing more than what they got for Russell Wilson. Um, but with the, I mean, the legal situation is interesting now because obviously the criminal charges are dropped, but he still could face, I think suspension and all that. I mean, it's yeah, very I, odd. I, um, I, yeah. I, it, he could potentially it's face a kind of like the Trevor Bauer yeah. situation in a way. I feel like it yeah, reminds me of that. Similar. It's very um, similar. But Trevor Bauer just got played. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Trevor Bauer. I mean, I don't know what happened with the situation, but part of me, obviously, I don't agree with his decisions and all that. But part of me does feel for him a little bit because it just seems like the league is just like out for him. I mean, he's just not even allowed to like play at this point. But they're doing their investigation. We'll see what happens with that. Obviously, I'm not going to really touch on that. But like you said, Seattle. I mean. I understand not trading DK Metcalf because of how young he is and how much of a stud right. he is. Tyler Lock, I mean, this guy's what, 30 years old, probably, or yeah. something like that. Like, you got to trade him at this point for yeah, as much yeah. value as you're going to get. Like, it makes no sense to hold on to Tyler Lockett because this team, even if they trade for Deshaun Watson, because look at, they just released their, you know, all pro middle linebacker. Obviously, he hasn't been all pro for a little bit, but Bobby Wagner. Um, 
you know, this team, even if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they're not making the playoffs. Like, I, I hate to say it, but this team will not make the playoffs. It's not going to change anything because we saw this with Russell Wilson this year. Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun just as good a quarterback. Yeah. Just Deshaun mediocre Watson. they are. It's, there's so many holes in this team. The yeah. offensive line, the defensive line, the linebacking core is horrific now. Tight end is weak. Running back, they, they're losing Rashad Penny. Chris Carson's got who knows what. I mean, this team is literally, they need to just, and I keep DK Metcalf because he's a young stud and he can help you out when you're going to be good, most likely. But like Tyler Lockett, Jamal Adams, I'd say Sayonara too. I mean, you got to just rebuild. And at pick nine, I haven't, I mean, I think they like Drew Locke. I don't think they want Drew Locke as their franchise quarterback per se, but if they don't trade for <laughs> Sean Watson, I think it's going to be what it's just going to be what happens on who's on the board. If Malik Willis is there and that's their top guy. Maybe they go Malik Willis. If Kenny Pickett's their guy, Matt Corral's their guy. Maybe they go with one of those guys. If Kayvon Thibodeau falls to number nine, that'd be a sensational pick. If one of the tackles, which I don't think will happen because tackles are going to go quick. Evan Neal, Charles Cross, and uh, Ikem Iquanu, Pulse nine. That's a great pick for them. I mean, there's a lot of good options, which is why I don't think they're in that much trouble. Um, don't take a cornerback. If they take a cornerback, I mean, just may as well punt this franchise 10, 10 years down the future, though. Um, but you got two first, you got two seconds. Noah Fant's a great tight end. I, I should, I guess I forgot about him in the trade. So Noah Fant, you know, he's your your franchise tight end. You got DK Metcalf. You've got pieces. I hope they were re-signed Rashad Penny. Um, but you know. They're in a rebuild at the end of the day and, and trading for Deshaun Watson is not going to change, you know, even having Deshaun Watson, I, I just don't think they're good enough. So we'll see what happens, obviously. Um, but I think Seattle made the right choice committing to the rebuild side and, and Denver Broncos. And like you said, I don't want to minimize the trade. This was a sensational trade for them and they absolutely had to make it. I just disagree with saying this team is now the fourth highest to win the Super Bowl. I just, I got to see way more from them and, and maybe even some more moves to put them on that pedestal quite yet. Yeah, I, I agree. And and to your point about Watson, I mean, we, we've seen Deshaun Watson with, with with a solid receiving core. I mean, Brandon Cooks was a thousand yard receiver his last, last time we saw Deshaun Watson on the football field. Um, and they went four and 12. So uh, I do agree with you that I don't think Deshaun Watson immediately cures the Seahawks problems. Uh, yeah, uh, my guess is he'll be a Panther, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not. I'm not even saying Sean Watson's like a bad quarterback. Like he's a great quarterback. I just think that Seattle Seahawks team is so bad that even if he's there, it's just. I mean, they're discreet because last year I believe they had like three draft picks or something like that. Like this team is just. It's probably going to be if they really commit to the rebuild three to four years before we'll talk about this team in serious contention. Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of all I got from that. I'm I'm good to move on if you are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to the next trade on Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. No, Wednesday. Carson Wentz. There were a lot of them. Carson Wentz to Washington. This was interesting. Um, the deal was was interesting. I mean, it was like a second and a third, or it's two thirds, one that could be a second, a conditional second, I guess. And then they swap seconds. Yeah. It's very interesting. Obviously, the Colts are moving forward. I mean, who knows what they're going to do? I feel like Kirk Cousins is maybe what they've got their eye on potentially or something like that. I mean, they've got a lot of cap money. Um, 70 million. I mean, 70 million. They've that's scary with a lot of, with, I mean, they have DeForest Buckner, Darius. Yeah, they, had pieces. they had pieces. I mean, yeah. that's a, it, it's kind of unfortunate they don't have an elite QB. I mean, imagine Andy this Luck. would never happen, but 
I mean, just if you threw Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams oh, on that sure, team, yeah. I mean, oh my God. But um, I mean, yeah, this trade, Washington, I mean, I'd say this is definitely an upgrade over Taylor Henneke. Um, but obviously it's not the franchise quarterback Washington fans were kind of hoping for. I know they were hoping for Russ, Deshaun Watson, maybe drafting Malik Willis. What are your thoughts on this? I know you're you're not a Carson guy, so I'm sure it's not going to – I mean, you're going to be happy because I think it's playing in your I think division again. I think it's absolutely hilarious. I think it's also extremely telling when a guy is on his third team in three years and the same reason has been cited twice for why he's been moved. It's it's very interesting to me, and it's like it's really funny to me how Carson prevents, presents himself as like this great team leader and this and that. And I know Darius Leonard came out in support of him, but at the end of the day, there's a reason he was moved for the second for the third for, for the second time in two years. He's going to be in his third team in three years, and there's still this whole section of the Eagles fan base that is kind of pro Carson, and they don't realize that like Carson wanted like Carson didn't want to be here because he felt threatened by Jalen Hurts. And no offense. I know Jalen Hurts is, is my quarterback, but if you're feeling threatened by Jalen Hurts, how good of a quarterback are you? Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't understand the trade for Washington. I would have rather just stuck with Heineke rather than, sorry about that. I would have rather just stuck with, I would have rather just stuck with Heineke. They have to pay Carson Wentz $28 million this year. If that's the case, I know Carson is better than Taylor Heineke, obviously, but the difference isn't that much to the point where they, they took on his whole contract. I, I don't understand that. The Colts didn't have to pay a single dime. Their initial art offer was a fourth and a sixth for Carson. I think that's sort of telling about how he's viewed around the league. It, it, it's it, it's a shame, man. It really is. I mean, this guy was the 2000, this guy was going to win MVP in 2017. He was the future of the league at one point. And I mean, he's going to turn 30 without winning a playoff game. He's going to be my, he's going to be a backup in a year or two. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad at this point. I mean, not for me because I'm an Eagles fan and I'm, I'm enjoying every second of it. And, but from a Washington perspective, man, I don't get it. This trade doesn't push the, it doesn't move the needle for you at all. They're going to have the exact same season they did last year. I I, I don't get it. I, I, I really don't. And this, this really feels like they just missed out on, on one of the big three quarterbacks, Watson, Wilson, and Rodgers. It, it, that's really what it feels like. Uh, and this really feels like a panic move from the famously competent Washington commanders. Um, yeah, not, not, not a great, great grade for me on this trade, even ignoring my anti-Carson bias. I just don't think this moves the needle for them at all. Even in the NFC East, I don't know if they're better. I definitely don't think they're better than the Cowboys. I really don't think that they're better than the Eagles right now. I mean, I just think that, I think, Washington, I, I understand they wanted to get Terry, someone who could really get him the ball down the field. But to me, Carson Wentz is not the guy to move the needle. And I don't understand punting a year when you have some really good young defenders and you have some really good, and you obviously have Terry McLaurin out there. It just doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. I mean, good for the Colts. I, I think that, you know, they, they did well in terms of their return. Obviously that trade last year with what they gave up was unfortunate and, and didn't work out for them, but Unfortunately, I mean, this is one of the weirdest trades, I think. I mean, it's very odd. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I hate to say it, but I just don't think this guy is, you know, I I don't think he's worried about his status in, in the league and all that, because at the end of the day, he's won a Super Bowl. Technically, he has a ring, you know, not technically. He's won a Super Bowl. Obviously, he wasn't on the field for it. But he won this. He won a Super Bowl and he's made what? Probably 100 million hundred million dollars by now almost or something like that i mean yeah. this guy's set for life it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what what he does um and i i think that's 
probably his mindset at this point, potentially even too. I mean, that's, you hear this guy's on a great team and not a hard worker. Sometimes that happens with guys who just, you know, they get their ring early on, they get their payday. What else do they have to do if they're just, you know, average to, you know, a little above average? Some of them just don't care. They just collect their paycheck and and move on with their life and they don't really care, you know? And uh, for Washington, I mean, I mean, it's like you said, you're just kind of, you're just re putting yourself in. I mean, this it's a more expensive Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah. He's better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'd say for sure. But I mean, it's just like, it's just mediocrity. I mean, it's just, at the end of the day. And, and I think that's the difference between the Colts and Washington here. The Colts are done with the mediocrity. And that's yep. what you see with Jim Irsay and all that. They don't care. They're done with this. I mean, they, they want to find a true elite quarterback. Um, but Washington's just okay settling, and, and it sucks for the fan base. They've got a really talented team. Um, they've got a lot of good players. Um, I think this team should have, you know, I heard that, you know, obviously they tried for Russell Wilson. They, they couldn't get Seattle to trade him within the NFC. Sean Watson would have been a good fit, but obviously that didn't work out. Rodgers stayed. So it's just unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I think they made their move because they want to, you know, evaluate the rest of their offseason with their quarterback. I think Malik Willis would have been a better option, even though I think, you know, it's a case of this team just wanting a veteran quarterback. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, it's very, maybe funny. this team, maybe yeah. this team can make the playoffs. Maybe not. It's definitely be- funny when you bring up that veteran quarterback aspect of it, because the most commonly knocked trait that Carson has really is that he's not a leader. Everybody says so. It's the reason he was pushed. It, it, people say it's one of the primary reasons he was pushed out of Indy. There was a story that came out the other day, um, ESPN, and it was reported at the time that apparently a, a group of injured players, Eagles injured players, I don't know if you remember, but during the Eagles Super Bowl run, um, they had a lot of injured players, a lot of key important players. Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, Carson Wentz were all injured. And apparently Carson expressed some displeasure with the injured players that they were making a run at the time. And Darren Sproles got in his face and was like, what the hell are you talking about? And there have been stories that leaked all throughout this Philadelphia tenure. I'm going to link this story to you, Griff. Hold on. Um, I'll find it later. But um, it, there have been stories about him not being the greatest locker room presence throughout his entire Philadelphia tenure. I mean, he really had a big fracture with Doug Peterson at the end. Um, and the Colts won a leader at quarterback, simply. Um, and I don't blame him. Uh, it sucks that such a great roster for the Indianapolis Colts was wasted like that for a year because this is a team with a quarterback that could go win a Super Bowl. If they had an, if they had a top 10 quarterback, I, I would put them among the favorites in the AFC. This team is really good at almost every other position. They could probably, they could probably use another receiver, Yeah, but I, I just think Carson Wentz, I, I not, a, it set them back a little bit and I'm glad that they were really able to recoup some of their losses, but I don't, really understand this like extensive Chris Ballard praise when it was like it's like oh yeah you flipped like a a beat up car for something nicer but like you still got scammed by the guy who gave you the beat up car you know what I mean it's just like it sucks for the Colts it sucks for the talented rosters being wasted and I don't really understand Carson Wentz this Carson Wentz trade for the for the Washington for the Washington Commanders uh I I think it's really basically what you've made it's a lateral move to me. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we wrap up on this, I mean, I think that uh, 
you know, I, I think with the cold side, obviously, you know, it didn't work out. I think, you know, Frank Reich was, I, I think he was Carson Wentz advocate. Number one, he really believed in him. He believed he could get him close to that MVP form. And, you know, there's reports that he, you know, apologized to, you know, Jim Ursay, Chris Ballard and all that. And, you know, I, I think there was definitely some, you know, I think it shows how much they trust Frank Reich and, and believe in him as the, the head coach of that team and want what he wants. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, now matters, you know, they gave him his shot with his guy and, you know, now they're, they're going to re- construct the roster the way Chris Ballard wants them to, and they'll get the quarterback that they want. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, I think would be quality options. I agree with you. This team definitely needs a wide receiver though. Um, maybe Allen Robinson, but I don't even know, like Allen Robinson, I guess is a solid piece, but he's another guy where I think he's still elite, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, let's see, you know, like we got to yeah, see no, him I'm, you know, I'm, get I'm back there because at the end of the day, having that horrific of a season, at some point, you've got to kind of be like, okay, maybe, you know, because Darnell Mooney found success on that team. So there's part of me that's like, maybe he's kind of in a downward spiral. But at the same time, I'm like, that Bears offense with Matt Nagy was just horrific. So he's another one of the guys that I just want to see. Um, I hope he gets paid, though, because the Bears just held him hostage for a few years now. I mean, it's just sad to see. Um, so I'm, I'm glad he'll hopefully, I mean, he should get, you know, a, a, a decent bit of money in this free agency market because he's arguably the top wide receiver available at this point with all the franchise tags. So good for him. Um, and then real quick, I mean, this one's probably a little, we won't talk probably as long on this one, but Khalil Mack to the chargers. I mean, this is a, you know, they traded, I believe a second and a fourth or second and a sixth, second and a fourth, right. For, uh, for um, Khalil Mack, yeah. um, you know, the yeah. bears, the What's Bears committing to the to the rebuild at this point with Justin Fields. They're trying to get more draft compensation. This is a very interesting move, though. The LA Chargers. I mean, this is a team that defensively definitely needed a, a bit of a boost, and this definitely could provide them that. I, I don't think they're done by any means, but they re-signed Mike Williams. They trade for Khalil Mack. They still got money to spend. What do you? You know, I mean, I'll be honest. The Chargers look good right now. I think that they're you know they're having a really strong offseason. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Chargers offseason so far, for sure. And I like to move from Chicago's perspective, too. I think getting a second yeah. and getting them to take on all of Khalil Mack's contract is is, is a win for uh, Ryan Bowles. I think, obviously, they had to commit to this rebuild, build around Justin yeah. Fields, stack up the draft capital, fine from there. And, and, I, and I like it from the Chargers' perspective. If, if, the, if the rest of the AFC West is going to have elite quarterbacks, go get one of the best guys that are going to chase the quarterback. I mean, you know, I think – Obviously, Khalil Mack wasn't Khalil Mack last year, but I think, you know, having uh, Joey Bosa on the other side is going to really help, really help him out. Uh, and, you know, I think that Chargers defense, if they can remain healthy and if Derwin James can remain healthy, which he never can, which is a shame because he's the best safety in football when he plays, in my opinion, I, I think that this Chargers defense is a real problem. And I think I really like the outlook of this Chargers roster. And you mentioned the Mike Williams deal. People have been saying overpay this, overpay that and all, but. Uh, I really do think, I really do think that it, that it was a necessary deal because you're not letting Mike Williams walk. Who are you going to get? That's you know he's an integral piece of that offense. He was going to get that money somewhere else. Pay him. You're not going to get anyone better than him to replace him. Um, and I think I, I like what the I, li- I really like what the Chargers have done so far. Uh, and I'm a big I'm, I'm a fan of the trade for them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there's a little bit of work to be done. I think, you know, the interior linebacking core um, has not been the best over the years. The cornerback, they do have Asante Samuel. I think they can upgrade there. Tight end, weak spot. The O-line, you know, they've, they've got a few patches and 
and but you know Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley, two of the best in the NFL at their position, arguably are you know Rashawn Slater is a great player. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this this AFC West, obviously, I believe free agency starts this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, next episode, maybe we'll probably end up at some point releasing something during the week with March Madness. Or, I mean, last year we did daily uploads on March Madness. Not sure if we'll be doing that this year. Maybe we will. We'll figure that out. Um, but definitely probably something on NFL free agency um, in the middle of the week. But, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of does – you got anything else on the NFL? Obviously, Rodgers resigned, but I mean, it's kind of hard to to talk about that right now. To be honest, I mean, there's not much more to to say on it other than we'll see what happens with the rest of that roster, and then we can evaluate where the Packers stand. Yeah, uh, I, I'm. I mean, the Packers. I, I'm not surprised to be honest. I kind of suspected that he was always going to line back up there again. Yeah. I'm just a little confused on the terms of this contract. He's coming out and saying it's not true, but he's come out and said that before, and then it does turn out to be true. I don't know. I'm so confused. I think it's just not done yet would be my guess. Like, he's staying, but it's not finished or whatnot. Yeah, so the whole Jordan been. Love pick is interesting, but um, I do yeah, want to get to the MLB. And yeah, yeah, that's that's discussing that. for another time, that Jordan Love pick. Yeah. I don't – yeah. All right, so with that, we'll pivot to the MLB, which finally, thank the Lord, um, got wrapped up this week. They are going to be playing 162 games, which is huge for baseball. They needed that, especially, you know, we're obviously big fans here, but there's probably a lot of people that watching a lot of our friends that are not big fans of baseball and, and really aren't into it as much, but it's good that they're playing 162. I mean, if they didn't play 162, that would have been catastrophic for the sport, but free agencies open trades are open. We're already hearing crazy rumors, Freddie Freeman, Dodgers it seems like the Dodgers and the Braves it seems like the Yankees have kind of faded out of touch with him a little bit which kind of scares me because that probably means something's brewing with Correa or Matt Olson they've got <laughs> something there um we've seen a few signings Carlos Rodon to the Giants two years 44 million um which I believe is actually a, an amazing deal for him because 22 million for a prove it year is great if he pitches well then he can go out and get 100 million dollars if he proves he's healthy and if he just is injured the whole year he has a $20 million paycheck to collect the next year. I mean, what a great deal that was for him. Um, Clayton Kershaw returned to the Dodgers. Honestly, surprised me a little bit. I kind of—I really thought he was going to go to Texas. Uh, obviously, it was between them and, and the Dodgers. He wouldn't have gone anywhere else. But it only feels right to see him as a Dodger. Um, $17 million, it just shows the pitching market, though. Like I, I think as good as he is, not at that point in his career at this point. But we'll see. I mean, he pitched good. I don't know. He's just always yeah, there. I mean, got I mean, I, those have been the two big deals so far, right? The, that's really the only Yeah, that's pretty much it. Anderson Simmons to the Cubs, but that's pretty minor. Um, I mean, initial, obviously, the, the NLS should be interesting this year. Um, obviously, I like the Rodon signing. We'll kind of get into what we're thinking about with some of these other guys, because now we can actually really start to, you know, get some predictions and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, what do you think so far are those two moves? And, and yeah, those two moves, why not? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I like I like the red on deal for both sides. The Giants needed pitching. And like you said, the $22 million for a prove-it year, I was a little surprised by that. But it was it's it's awesome for him, man, because like you said, yeah. I mean, he can he can get a massive bag in San Francisco, and then he'll just go – he can go sign somewhere else or re-sign back there for, you know, $100 million. It's it's a good deal for him. It's a good deal for the Giants. They needed pitching. Um and uh, they they pounced they pounced right away, man, didn't they? Right at right after. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I I'm just a little. I'll get to the air something in a second, but I, I do want to bring up the fills for a second. Um, 
this Chris Bryant thing worries me a lot. I got to <laughs> say, just because I don't think that they're going to be able to pull I, it worries me because Bryce has made his intention so explicit, so explicit and so clear. And I just don't trust John Middleton at all to, fill, to fulfill them. I really don't. I think this is a guy – I'm just worried about the Phils, man. I really am. I, I, sorry, I just, had to, I just had to express that really quickly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Clayton Kershaw deal for the Dodgers, you know, he's not going to end his career anywhere else but Los Angeles. I mean, I think it was yeah. – it's only right. One of the baseball's all-time legends and be a one, a, a one club man. I think, you know, I think like you said, the pitching market, I think we're going to, we're about to see a lot of money being tossed around. And it's funny to me, this is sort of a, a almost a non-baseball watcher perspective, but it's not because you know, I am, but like after, you know, all this stinginess and over hundreds of thousands of dollars and now these hundred million dollar contracts are being given out, you yeah. know, the next day. It's crazy to see. Uh, but yeah, the pitching market is going to be nuts. And I like and I like the steel. I, I think the Dodgers, they don't really care about money, as we know at all. They will literally set it on fire and they have in the past. Uh, and I mean, it makes sense for Clayton to go back there. I mean, I don't really think there's too much to discuss with that deal. It just sort of made sense. But. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Carlos Correa, Griff? Where do we, where do we think he's going? I, I still think Chicago. I still think Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I want to uh, real quick talk about the uh, the Dodgers real quick just before I touch on Correa. I mean, the Dodgers are a very interesting team because obviously they really want Freddie Freeman. But if you look at the Dodgers offseason, I mean, obviously they've re-signed Kershaw, but they've lost a lot of players. I mean, they've lost now Corey Seager, Max Scherzer, Kenley Jansen's a free agent. Um so this Dodgers team is definitely going to look different than it has in past years. And that rotation, you know, Trevor Bauer, obviously he's, you know, who knows, a very, a very big yes. question mark right now. So right now they have Walker Bueller, Walker Bueller, Kershaw, Urias. I mean, that rotation really isn't as strong as you might think. I mean, they've got some guys, but it's not at that level that it has been, which is very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carlos Correa, it's so tough to say what's going to happen with him. I think the I don't think the Cubs are out on him because of Andrelton Simmons on a one year deal. I don't think that's the case at all. I think no. Andrelton Simmons no. is a quality player. I think if anything, he's just a backup option. If Correa doesn't work out, that they at least can say, "Oh, we have Andrelton Simmons." You know, we feel decent about that. I do think that's that's their. I think I do believe that's where I, I think he's going to go. I think the Yankees. You can't forget, but I, I just don't know if the Yankees are going to spend that type of money on on him right now. I wouldn't even rule. I wouldn't rule out a Houston return. Um, I think they might even just cave in at some point and just say, "Fine, here's here's how much ever money." Um, I just don't know if he's going to break Lindor's contract at this point, though. I think because of the timeline, I think you know it, it's a very interesting situation. I just don't think the market is that heavy for him to where he's going to get three hundred fifty million dollars unless he puts it over like twelve, thirteen years, which I think would just be a nightmare. Part of me, I. I say there's a 0.001% chance this happens. The New York Mets, I would never I, – I, it's at this point I can never count out something where if the New York Yankees go and sign Freddie Freeman, Steve Cohen just says – or the Dodgers, Steve Cohen just says, screw it, let's go out and, and steal the headlines. Like, I, I can't doubt him. I put a 0.001% chance of that happening. Um, I don't believe that's going to happen. It's just the Mets fan and me trying to give an ounce of hope. Um, but I think the Cubs are, are still the team. I wouldn't I, – I, Yankees make sense, but I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, 
I mean, the crate, that's very, I have no idea when he's going to sign. I think it's, I think it's probably going to be a week or so till we see him sign him. But at the end of the day, opening day is less than a month away at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, the longer, you, you really can't be waiting that long, which is why I think it's so, which is why I think, you know, we're filming this Saturday morning. I think we'll see five to 10. I think we're going to see four to five significant pieces signed or traded today, at least. Probably more even. I think the market is really going to heat up in these next few days because it has to at this point. There's so many good players out there. I mean, Correa, Chris Bryant, um, Schwarber's elite, um, Castellanos, Trevor Story. There's so many pieces. Michael Conforto's out there. Nelson Cruz. I saw something today that he's actually finalizing a deal with an NL team from a, a Dominican reporter, which is very interesting. I, I'm very curious to see. I think Milwaukee might be a, a good fit there. Um, I saw something yesterday that the Mets are checking in on Josh Hader, which I mean, I, I would that. do some criminal things to get Josh <laughs> Hader. I mean, I, which is interesting because I think the Mets people attach themselves too much to these prospects, and I agree. Like I went, we have like a, I, I'm totally. have like a, a solid top five prospects that I would say like, yeah, for Josh Hader, especially after the Edwin Diaz deal, like do not trade like. Obviously, like Francisco Alvarez, our catching prospect, literally you cannot like with how bad our catching situation is. I wouldn't even trade him for like, unless you're getting like Tatis or Soto, like you're not trading that guy. But um, you know the other tops. But like, if you can package somehow, like I w- I really w- don't want to trade McNeil, but like Dom Smith and like we have this prospect Mark Vientos, who's a very good power hitter, but he plays third base, which one of our other top prospects is probably better does like. Dom Smith, Mark Vientos, another guy for Josh Hader. Like you have to do that trade. Like Josh Hader is, I think you're you're the getting, best reliever in baseball, top two, top three. Like getting, and the I Mets think, have been linked. The you're setting yourself up for disappointment, Griff. You're I saying. know, but the dude, I know, but the New York Mets have been linked to this guy now for at least yeah. two years. I've heard Josh Hader to the New York Mets rumors. Like they they're just they this and Josh Hader. I believe in Edwin Diaz. I believe Edwin Diaz is a top ten reliever as much as he gives me heart attacks and and wants me to just never watch baseball again you don't, i believe he's top love, 10 reliever you don't love when he uh, points to the sky after giving up points to that's the sky after giving up 400 foot that's it's, it, you laugh at this point I, it's more of a laughing uh, <laughs> but um i mean josh Hader would just be uh, such a factor for that team and i really believe that's that's the reliever the new york mets should pursue and i i'm I mean, that's the thing. Like, Dom Smith, J.D. Davis, Jeff McNeil. Like, I think I think it's stupid to trade McNeil after last season. But J.D. Davis and Dom Smith, like, these guys are expendable at the end of the day. Like, you went out and signed Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna. Like, they're going to be bench players, if anything, especially with Robbie Cano there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know, man. It's, it's very interesting. I know we're both kind of just rambling, hoping our teams are going to sign some guys. I know this started at Correa, and we're just all the way to Josh Hader now. But, um <laughs> Yeah, I mean that rumor was just. I mean, it, I would, I really. That's the guy I want, and I want them to sign him. Or I mean, I think Kyle Schwarber would just be a, a fantastic piece for the New York Mets as well, um, which I know you want him for the Phillies. Yeah, he's a. He's I think a, I think Kyle he's Schwarber. He's a Philly. He's a Philly. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I think he's a Met or a Philly. If I'm being 100 yeah. honest, I think those two teams are just. I think it's just a good fit. I. Both of us need him very badly. He could club. Oh my God, Griff! He would club forty home runs a season in CVP alone. Oh my God, he would destroy. City Field that. too, though. Right Field, City Field is is nothing. No, yeah, yeah no, I would, know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I'm, would, I'm aware. 
I'm getting myself all excited and, you know, I'm expecting Kyle Schwarber and Chris Bryant and we're going to end up, you know, the only <laughs> guy is going to, we're going to leave with Jan Camargo and nothing else. It's going to be, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just keep Bryce happy. That's all I ask. Keep him happy. Chris Bryant is interesting. And I, I, I got to, I mean, I'm a little worried about signing Chris Bryant to a long-term deal. What about you? I mean, what, I know you want him, but, I, there's definitely been some regression, and he had a great first half, but with the Giants, he really was not too good. Like, I, I'm definitely a little worried about Chris Bryant at this point, and he's 30 years of age. Listen, I mean, what, what do you think? Are you worried? or No, I'm not. I got to be honest, because the alternatives are shy. It's just a matter of, like, even if he's not up to peak Chris Bryant's standard, like, he's just so much better than the alternatives. It's not even funny. Like, at a certain point, we're going to have to compete. We haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. I mean, Griff, I know you think you're a poverty franchise, and, you know, you are to an extent, but before Preco and, and Wilpon, yeah. you know, Wilpon owned, but even you guys made a World Series. I mean, it's like we haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. You didn't even sniff the post. Not even come close. I mean, I, he's so much better than the alternatives on the left side of the infield. I, our third base situation for so long has been so bad, and I like Alec Bowman. You're Alec Bowman, yeah. And I like Alec Bowman a lot. I think he's fine. I think he's a fine young player, but like, you're not passing up on Chris Bryant. I mean, Alec Bowman can't even play deep. Have you ever seen him try to play third base? It's pretty, he's he's so bad defensively. He's so bad defensively. And it's just like, we'd have more success playing you at third base. So am I worried he might not be up there? Am I worried that if we give him a long term contract, he might not be up to Pete Chris Bryant form? Sure, I'm a little worried about that, but he's so much better than the alternatives that it just offsets it for me. Yeah. Um, what would you get? How many years and, and what per year would, would you like to sign him at ideally? Like, what do you think you could get him at that you'd be happy with? Well, at, at a certain point, it kind of seemed like Chris Bryant. It, it's interesting for Chris Bryant because I think at one point he was expecting to be the highest played player, player in baseball. I think he was expecting to be, you know, this super mega deal a couple years ago, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. The Chris, what they offered him, what the, the, the Cubs offered him, what over 200 million? And he, and he turned it down. Yeah, yeah. actually. Oh, oh, I, I'm just, he's not touching 200 million. No, he's say not. That. Uh, I mean, he, I don't even I really know. If he'll don't touch know here, I don't How think you can I, give him. Oh, yeah. Here's what I say. Yeah. More than five years. I think six years, but that's what it, if that's what it takes, you're going to have to do it. But I think five years, I mean, I think by the time Chris Bryant is like 35, 36, I mean, this guy's going to be a bench player type deal. Like, I think he's a great player, but I just don't think. I think, uh, I think you can't really, when you're looking at a trade, I, I understand that you have to look at. The no, you, bro. And we just signed the New York Mets. Like, this is what we just signed Starling Marte to play center field. So he's 37. Like, I, you have to do it at some point. I'm just saying, yeah. like, it's just the unfortunate side of the deal. Um but to, like Starling Marte, I think he's a great player. I think he's going to probably be a very solid contributor for two seasons or so. Um, but to get him, you, you just got to yeah. do some stupid things sometimes, you know? And I think you made a good point about just, just back to something you said earlier, and that sort of relates to it about overvaluing prospects and young players. And I think every fan base does it. And it's, it, it happens across every sport. And I think franchises are crippled by it almost sometimes where they refuse to give up this extra young piece to get that, that, that thing that'll push them over the edge for a championship. And the teams that do it are always successful. The teams that go all in are always successful. Like 
like you can't be frugal when it comes to prospects because you need to know what you're getting right now. And if you have a championship caliber team, and if you really believe that you have a roster that can compete, go get the pieces that can compete. Fuck like screw your young players. They can, they can sit or you, they can be traded, go build a team that can win a championship right now. And you know, that's what the Mets, that's what the Mets are trying to do. I hope it's what the Phillies are going to do. I don't have faith in John Middleton. Like you have faith in Steve Cohen, but uh, I, I just think, you, you made a really interesting point about overvaluing young players and young prospects. And I think it's something that you see far too often. And I think it cripples franchises sometimes. Yeah. I think, you know, I think to a certain extent, like, you know, like I brought up with the Mets, like Alvarez is pretty content to us a top 10 sure, prospect sure, sure. right now. Like you can't trade that guy, but like these guys who are like ranked seven or eight in the farm system, like, come on, like, let's get, like, if I'm bringing in Josh Hader, like goodbye, like, I'm sorry, but, even if this guy turns out to do Josh Hader is, is elite and elite. I would do, like I said, criminal things to have him in the Mets bullpen because I think, I mean, just having, I mean, Oh my God, man. I mean, it's just like no, no, I got Josh you. Hader would be, it would change the team, but um, all right, moving on to, I mean, real quick. I mean, I mean Freddie Freeman, Gonna happen with that? Do you think he's gonna go to the Dodgers? Do you think the Yankees maybe super? Do you think? I mean, I just can't see him not on the Braves. I just feel like at the, I feel like he'll give them every chance to match the offer, and I feel like at the end they're just gonna they're gonna have to say yes to it. I feel like. I gotta be honest, Griff. I really did agree with you up to a certain point, but the more and more that this persists, the more and more I get the feeling he's gonna sign somewhere else. I agree. Uh, That's fair. I think the longer it goes on, there's a better chance he's going to Los Angeles. And like you, you mentioned it earlier, but the Yankees seem to be more kind of fading out of the picture a little bit. But, I, you know, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I think he's going to be a Los Angeles Dodger on opening day. Um, I think they're going to throw an ungodly amount of money at him. Yeah. Um, and like, like 35, 40 million, <laughs> something yeah. crazy. Yeah, and I think, like you said, he's given the Braves every chance to resign. But the the longer this goes on, the the the, the Braves can't believe they're going to let him. I, it's almost mind breaking to think of Freddie Freeman not on the Braves. And God, please God, let it happen. Please God, let it happen. But yeah, I mean, if that I mean, happens, the New York Mets instantly are are the favorites the in favorites that division. Or not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, where, where where are the Braves? I, I understand that they're the reigning World Series champions, but where are the Braves without Freddie Freeman? You know, where are they? It, 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 it's good because they've got Acuna coming back, Soroka coming back. I mean, it's very hard to say. What, I mean, I think it's still when I was actually thinking about this last night. I was like, the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. Like that just kind of happened. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I right? don't even think of them as the World Series champions. Like, it's so weird. Like, I mean, yeah, I think the yeah, the lockout definitely changed the perception because it kind of, I think everybody became so disillusioned with baseball in such a short period of time that yeah. we forget. I just forgot that, like, he won the World Series. But, um, man, that would be so bad if they don't sign Freddie Freeman. But like you said, I mean, I, I think with – I mean, usually these reporters, sometimes they're not writing their information. But when you start to hear a lot of, a lot of talk about certain names, it means these guys are close. I mean, we've seen this, for instance, like the Max Scherzer time with the – you know, when he was signing with the New York Mets, like, you could kind of tell stuff was, you know, picking up Trevor Bauer, for instance, last year too. Like you kind of can get the consensus when he's going to sign. I think Freddie Freeman signs this weekend. I think, I think a lot of players are going to sign this week. I think, I mean, 
we might see 50 guys sign this weekend or something yeah. like literally yeah. like I, because camp starts and, and once games start, you don't want to be missing all this time. So man. Um, oh, I have no, I, I, I agree. Like I mean Dodgers, but then part of me is just like, I, I just can't see him elsewhere. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, have no, I, I think the Dodgers are, I think they'll probably get them. I don't know, but maybe this is all, Freddie just doing this to get more money from the Braves and he, he's going to sign with the Braves in the end. I mean, we don't know what Freddie's thinking at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And that, 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 that was my initial thought, but I thought he would have shut this down a while ago, to be honest, if that was the case, I think he would have been an Atlanta brave already. If that I think it just shows how poverty of a franchise, the Atlanta Braves are right. Oh, now. I mean, they made so much money and, and yeah. they're, they're world series champions and their best player as good as Ronald Acuna is. Freddie Freeman is more valuable on that team than Ronald Acuna, in my opinion, um, which might be a hot take, but I believe Freddie Freeman is like, well, that cop, yeah, but that contract Ronnie is on, I mean, is just uh, unbelievable. And that's what makes it even worse, man. They are ripping off yeah, that's what exactly. Ronald Acuna. They are stealing so much money from these guys. And it, that's like one of the things where it's like, you feel bad, but at the same time, like at the time, like you understand why these, and it, this is what we might even look back with like Wander Franco, like, these guys have the option and you know they really some of these international players and even the pro players like and american players um they really come from from not much and to get that chance to like get a hundred million dollars in the bank without like stuff could go wrong you have that guaranteed like it is huge for these guys so i understand why they sign it it's just like it's in hindsight sucks. obviously yeah it still sucks for them though. i mean yeah uh Ugh. all right um i'm trying to think of like I mean, it's kind of hard to – I mean, there's so much stuff in MLB right now to talk about. I'm looking at the list of free agents. I mean, what do you think? What do you think – who do you think are uh, some of the next guys to sign, do you think? I think you'll see Correa pretty soon, to be honest. I think – I know you said it might take him a week, but I think you'll see him soon. I think Freddie Man. I think all these guys are going to sign really on, like, the next – I think it's going to be insane. I think my phone is just going to be getting notification after notification after notification. It started to happen last last night. There was a stretch yeah. where it started to pick up a little bit. Yeah. I was like, all right, here we go. I think, I think last night – like, the fact that we saw – I mean, there was, like, four guys on the second day. I think today we're going to see at least – five to ten guys get signed i think and also you got to remember we're going to start seeing some trades start rolling out too because oakland wants to move matt olson to matt chapman the mets have been rumored to be in the starting pitching market through trades and talking about poverty you know the new york oh my god but you know like the mets the phillies right now are teams that are are not you know even though the mets have spent as much as they they have they're not done right now with their offseason the phillies are definitely not done with their offseason i mean I'm, it, I have no idea what's going to happen. We're going to see what's going to happen. Um, and we'll talk about it next week. And, and if a lot of stuff happens, maybe we even yeah. release another episode. And, and we'll definitely start next week. I mean, next week, I definitely – I mean, there's so much stuff to talk about in sports right now. I want to do a, another mock draft with all the, uh, the NFL late you know, craziness. We'll do probably another mock draft next week. Um, we'll we'll start rolling out MLB division predictions most likely, assuming most guys get signed. Will be March Madness. We're going to be covering a lot of, with maybe even daily episodes on our second channel. We'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, it's you're going to be wanting to stay tuned to this channel um, and all that. I mean, I feel like that's kind of yeah. I mean, I all think we have for today, and then just stay yeah. tuned for a lot of a lot of coverage in the next week. Yeah, uh, we'll be we'll be we didn't talk about it, but we'll much today. But that March Madness, we'll be up we'll be up on that March Madness stuff. Don't yeah. worry. 
We'll be out. Yeah, we'll, I mean, I think maybe we'll end up doing, we'll figure out some sort of system. We're definitely not going to just talk about it once a week. Maybe we'll do an episode every two days on OT Eclipse. Last year, we did every day that there was tournament games. Maybe we'll do that again. We'll see. I remember recording at like 11 at night last year. That was pretty interesting. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, I think that will do it for uh, this week's episode of Outside the Arena. What a good week it has been in sports. What a good week it's about to be in sports. What a good month it's about to be in sports. I mean, sports are, now that baseball's back, it just like kind of turned the tide. Even though we had March Madness and NFL free agency, it's like, it just adds a whole nother thing to just be excited and look at um, for us baseball fans out there. Um, so with that, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, at Outside the Arena. Follow us on Instagram. Our Instagrams will be in the bio. Our podcast Instagram at Outside the Arena Podcast. And with that, uh, stay tuned for lots of coverage this week and enjoy this weeks, these weeks of sports because this is a, a truly a peak uh, potentially for the year. I mean, this is this is the best March. This is March, as, as they like to say, and we'll be sure to cover every second of it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week.